After one season, my, 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 how the turntables. Brent Venables is answering those questions on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on the Care of Sports app. And Josh, so many questions have been answered about the Oklahoma Sooners through their 6-0 and start to the 2023 season. One of the big ones surrounds the man at the head of the program, and that's Brent Venables. Just a year ago, after the 49-0 humiliation that Oklahoma suffered in the Red River rivalry, there were a lot of questions flying around. And not just that game, but how the rest of the season played out. You can go back to the Baylor game or the end of the West Virginia game. And there were doubts. Doubts had crept in about whether or not Brent Venables can do the job. And it certainly seems like through the first half of the 2023 season, those questions have been answered. The OU Texas game was a doubt eraser for Brent Venables. Not that it's all gone or that it's all perfect now all of a sudden for Oklahoma with one win and one 6-0 and start. But as good as we feel or felt about things 5-0 and for OU, because of the way last year played out at the Cotton Bowl and just the, the season as a whole, right? The one-score losses, some of the game mismanagement things that happened, not just with Brent Venables, but collectively. And obviously that uh, falls at the feet of Brent Venables because of all of that, the Texas game was going to be the, the real chance, right? To say, okay, here you're playing a blue blood peer program. And here's your opportunity to show that, yeah, the program has legitimately made significant, significant strides. And again, walking out of the cotton bowl, if it wound up 30 to 27, Texas wins, I think we all would have stopped and said, okay, there's been legitimate progress made by Oklahoma. Look how far this thing has come. But to some degree, right, on some level, there would have still been for a faction that layer of doubt somewhere in the mind of, uh, is is Venables going to work out long-term at Oklahoma? Is this the right guy? That is a doubt eraser for Oklahoma. You You heard what some of the folks nationally were saying. Now, I think, uh, again, not that it's everything's been solved and every question answered and that there's not more growth to happen for Brand Venables and for this program, but to a large degree and on a large scale, I do think the win over Texas was a validation for Venables that, and for Oklahoma that this is right. That game was the proof in the pudding. We'd seen through the first five weeks the evidence of improvement But based on Arkansas State, FMU, Tulsa, Cincinnati, Iowa State, not necessarily a murderer's row of opponents, 
it was it was fair to still want to see more out of this team. And they go into the Red River rivalry and the defense, yeah, the defense gives up a bunch of yards, but three turnovers, five sacks, 10 tackles for loss. You make a key stop at the goal line. You make a key stop as Texas is trying to drive and, and get points at the end of the game. You hold them to just a field goal, giving you an opportunity to go in the game. You hold them to just one of three in the red zone. You hold them to just two touchdowns and 23 points in the game. That right there is evidence of the significant improvement that this team is making. And that that's just more evidence of what we've seen all season long. And it comes down to some of the finer just characteristics of this team, the intensity, the toughness, the physicality, the, the improvement on third down on both sides of the football, all of those things showed up in the cotton bowl. And again, it's the, the further evidence of what we'd seen the first five weeks of the season kind of taken to another level because the opponent was taken to another level. They rose to the occasion. So many times this Oklahoma Sooners program played down to their opponent, not Saturday in the Cotton Bowl, not at all this year, to be honest. Again, you can go back to SMU and Cincinnati and talk about how maybe they played with their food a little bit, but still two touchdown wins. Those are that's significant. Still, you cover the game. You beat Texas. You rose to the occasion. You played up to the level of competition. That's a good Texas football team. I know we want to, you know, say Texas sucks, and I'll be out there shouting it. Screw those guys, Downhorns. Texas sucks. But that's nothing. That has nothing to do with the product that that team is putting out on the field this year. That's a good program, a good team, still improving themselves, and you beat them. And I think you're right. I mean, there would definitely have been some moral victories, even though coaches hate the idea of a moral victory. There would have been some positive takeaways that you could take away from that game. At the same time, it'd feel a little, you wouldn't feel maybe as confident as you do now. Obviously, you get the win, you feel super confident. But yeah, what Brent Venables is doing, what this coaching staff, these players, all the effort that they've put in over the last year to improve and steadily improve, it's starting to show. And you can't help but feel positively about where Brent Venables is taking this program. Yeah. And I could go on and on about the, you know, some of the numbers and the, the statistical improvement. That's obvious. The coaching fingerprints are there for Venables, but you know that John, you hit on some of that and everybody watching and listening to locked on Sooners knows much of this, right? I'll go to one specific piece that we've, we've touched on, but let's revisit right before half the confidence to burn those timeouts to, first of all, the, the knowledge to do so, right? I don't know what would have happened a year ago, but to trust that you have the team to take those timeouts and then go drive down and I can complain and gripe and it should have been a touchdown. You wind up settling for three, whatever, but you got the points on the board. And that and was- you a- had the opportunity. You managed the situation well enough that you had the opportunity. Continue, ding, sorry. Ding, ding, ding. And that to me is the head coach, Brent Venables, coming of age into the role of head coach. So there's that, that's one chief example for Brent Venables. And I would just close this discussion by saying, I'm just happy that it feels like we're not going to have to continue to have or in the future have uncomfortable conversations about Brent Venables. I think I said in yesterday's show that 
you know, football is a game of you've never really arrived, right? There's always another question and another season to be answered. And obviously down the road, the, uh, the SEC seasons that will be ahead for Oklahoma, it can pivot on you in a hurry if you're not good and constantly improving. And we get all that, right? But I feel comfortable in saying today, Oklahoma got the higher right. I thought they did all along, and it was just some bumps and growing pains along in the road for OU. But this win over Texas has me basically convinced, John, that with recruiting and everything that's been happening for Oklahoma, they got it right, and I'm happy they got it right, that it doesn't look like it's going to turn into a Scott Frost situation, just to use one example, right, where that's who the alumni and you and I and everybody for Oklahoma wanted but it just wasn't really going to work, right, with Scott Frost. Didn't want that situation for Brent Venables in Oklahoma, and now I'm more convinced than ever before, no, this is going to be great. This is going to be Brent Venables winning championships, big championships at Oklahoma, and who knows, right? We can dream at least until there's blemishes on the scorecard for OU that maybe those big championships are as soon as right now. Yeah, there's a lot to be positive about, a lot to be excited about. We've seen – Brent Venables put together a great staff, put together great recruiting classes in just his first two cycles on track to put together another great recruiting class in the 2024 cycle. They added another player. We'll talk about that after the break. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster And for free, go to LinkedIn, add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Josh, the Oklahoma Sooners picked up their 25th commitment in the 2024 recruiting cycle from three star offensive lineman Daniel Akinkunmi out of England, out of the NFL Academy in England. God save the king. No, sorry. I was born in England. My dad was an Air Force kid, so got a little bit of affinity. All right, my dad was – I was an Air Force kid. My dad was in the Air Force. Sorry for messing all that up. But we were stationed at Lake and Heath Air Force Base in uh, in England for my the first two years of my life uh, before moving out to California. So pretty cool little, you know, part of this recruiting cycle that you get a kid out of England uh, to be a part of the class. He's a you know top 40 interior offensive line prospect. The guy's got great size already, 6'4", 310 to 320, depending on where you look. And someone who's a really, really good athlete and is going to probably figure in as an interior offensive lineman, but because of his athleticism, could potentially play tackle as well. So just another intriguing prospect to add to a group of offensive linemen in both the 22, 23, 24 classes that Bill Biedenboe is going to get to work with. I like to uh, point this out, too, with three-star kids that uh, maybe we hear that, ah, yeah, but it's not a four- or five-star guy, right? Everybody wants the four- or five-star, and understandably so, right? I mean, you all want that initially because 
theoretically, you know, coming in, it's a, a better player or more prepared player. But obviously there's reasons here with the NFL Academy and being in London to where Daniel Akinkunmi wouldn't have been on as many radars. But just for anybody that's in the, oh, no, great, let's celebrate another three-star commit camp, right? Let me share some of the other schools that offered Akinkunmi for you, okay? Obviously right here in our neck of the woods, Baylor offered, Arkansas offered. How about Clemson? Does that do anything for you that offered here? Miami offered, Minnesota, Nebraska, North Carolina, Old Miss, Penn State, Texas Tech, Washington State. So, I mean, this is uh, in Akin Kunmi, someone that had a bunch of big-time offers. Obviously, uh, I sort of alluded to this, but the fact that he's an NFL Academy kid out of London, John uh, sets it up to where he's probably a little under the radar. And uh, obviously there's maybe some more development that needs to happen, but that part, I think you can feel good about that. Maybe this is a quick riser for OU once uh, you get involved with coach Beanbow and company. The other thing that really struck me about Akin Kunmi's commitment, uh, I listened to uh, part of his conversation with either Parker Thune or just uh, in his uh, commitment announcement, I'm mixing up because uh, I heard a little bit of both from Daniel Akinkumi. So Parker, just to cover my bases in case this was from your Zoom call, here you go. But Akinkumi basically said something to the effect, John, of there's going to be more players like me of, of my descent and from out here in this part of the world that are making the trek over to uh, the States to play college football. So I'm carving out a path that will, you know, is unique to me, but is not going to be unique to college football going forward. So when you think about that, we always talk about, right, that uh, there's a pipeline from so-and-so high school to Oklahoma or to, you know, insert college here. And Oklahoma's obviously had a bunch of success at a number of different programs that uh, you could, you know, point at and, and pick out, well, maybe this is the next thing here, that Oklahoma's going to have a little bit of a leg up with uh, some of these European players, which, I mean, maybe sounds like a small uh, thing to some to begin with, but when we get down the road, if Akin Kunmi's a star and this is sort of the first of a number of guys, John, from overseas, this could be a big-time commitment not only in the here and now and for Akin Kunmi, but maybe this opens that that sort of recruiting door for Oklahoma. If you're not really that aware of what's going on in England or Europe in, in particular – you'd be surprised to find out that, I mean, guys are making it to the league. You look at Effie Obata, a former Dallas Cowboys defensive end. He played for the Carolina Panthers for a time as well. I mean, this was a guy that was from England. He came out of the, you know, the England high school football scene and worked his way through the college football ranks and then made it to the NFL. Uh, Dallas Cowboys defensive end coach. Uh, he's from England of all places, you know, so it's, it's not as strange as it sounds. But you look at kind of the academy system that, say, the English Premier League in soccer has set up, and they're identifying talent at younger ages, you know, in the youth high school ages, and they're being a part of that talent development. You know, Manchester United has an academy program for soccer where they're identifying, I don't know how young it goes, because I haven't dug too deep into it, but middle school, high school kids that they think could be big time players for them and working to develop their skills and hopefully one day be able to add them to their main professional roster. It's, it's that kind of, it's their system of minor league development. Like we see in minor league baseball, but it goes deeper. It goes to the high school and junior high and maybe even younger ranks. 
well, this is that, this is what the NFL Academy means. That's the context from which NFL Academy is. It's identifying these high school kids and maybe even younger that have physical traits that can translate to the NFL and then starting to develop them so that they can find opportunities at the collegiate level that might potentially end up allowing them to get to the league. So it's a very intriguing prospect. And yeah, I mean, he's not going to be going up against IMG Academy or, you know, Union or Jenks or, you know, Denton Ryan or some of these big time, you know, Matter Day, these big time high school programs across the country where you're going to get an opportunity to see him play some of the best in America. But he's getting developed by NFL talented coaches like he's he's getting an opportunity to get good high level development where he's at before coming to college so while yes there's going to be a bit of transition because he's going from i mean not playing the best of the best high school programs in america to then stepping onto the college football field in america i kind of think that once he gets here and gets acclimated the dude's just going to take off because he's already been basically training for this for several years already do you uh i would suggest everyone to go read colin kennedy's story over at sooners illustrated i don't think this is a vip so i I feel comfortable sharing a little bit of it a little bit from it with you uh, if i can speak effectively here but uh, listen to this it's going to get easier for akin kunmi because uh, he says his journey has been hard so he had to move from London to Doncaster, which I guess is three hours of a train ride to Doncaster, right? So he was taking this trip, John, every single day, round trip, three hours there, three hours back. Listen to this. He had to wake up at 4 a.m. every day, wouldn't get home a lot of days until 1130, wouldn't fall asleep. If you know anything about probably your own life, it's like you're not going straight home and falling straight to sleep, right? I mean, it's tough when when you're up late and then it takes a little while to wind down. So basically, I mean, this kid's operating on four hours of sleep Sundays just to do this, to chase his dream, to come play football overseas. So imagine when he gets on a regimented schedule, John, to where he's getting, I don't know, eight hours of sleep and has professional nutritionists at his side and on and on and on. So it's going to get easier for him. That's kind of a, a positive thing to think about for him is he's worked so hard for this opportunity, and now he's going to be obviously surrounded by the, the the biggest, the baddest, and the bestest at the University of Oklahoma. But it's also, again, he's not going to, you know, from a time standpoint and a travel standpoint, it's going to be a lot more convenient for him. Yeah, and the other aspect of this from Parker Thune's piece over at uh, OU Insider at Rivals, talking about how he and Danny Okoye basically committed the same day. You know, Okoye committed first, um, and then uh, you know Akinkumi committed just a few minutes after that. They were both listening to Brent Venables and Miguel Chavis share their stories and just decided, hey, we're all in. Now, obviously, waited a few more weeks to announce officially, but – yeah, I mean they were they were all in weeks ago, and you know it was his his trip to Oklahoma for the Arkansas State game. Um, you know Parker you know, talks about the what Daniel Akinkumi shared about how his mom feels about Norman in particular, and how just being there for the game day weekend and people recognizing him and and knowing that he was visiting from England and wanting to take his picture and just the Sooner fans in general. So applaud to you, Sooner fans, like for making the kid feel welcome in his first college game day, just that, that, that kind of hospitality, it needs to be recognized. So 
congrats and uh, pat yourselves on the back if you guys are part of that hospitality and welcoming the kid uh, to Norman. One last thing on, on this from Josh, and then we'll have just one quick segment here after the break. Yeah, the the offensive lineman now in this class, Eugene Brooks is from California, right? So you've got that. You've got obviously an Edmond, Oklahoma kid in Isosa. Autry is out of Mississippi. You've got a player from London. Who knows? Before it's all said and done, you might have somebody from the state of Florida. You might have somebody from the state of Iowa. So the collection of offensive linemen, where they're from in this class is uh, pretty unique. Yeah, super fascinating. Oklahoma's on a bye week, but that doesn't mean that the college football world stops. There's going to be a lot of intriguing games this weekend. What are we watching after the break? And as you're watching, why not snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book? Right now, new customers, you can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's just a $5 bet to pick up $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been Thinking about joining FanDuel, there's really there's no better time than now to get in on the action. We always tell you the app's super easy to use with a wide range and array of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Josh, it's going to be a fun, fun college football weekend. First, though, like, I don't know if you caught the West Virginia Houston game that happened on Thursday night, but uh, Houston pulls out the win 41 to 39 in a game that had 44, sorry, 42 points scored in the fourth quarter. 42 points between the two teams scored in the fourth quarter. That's unreal. But Houston is leading this one 35 24 with 728 to play. But then Garrett Green runs it in to make it 35-32. West Virginia gets the ball back. They score on a 50-yard bomb from Garrett Green with 12 seconds left. Going up 39-35. And, man, West Virginia about to go to 3-0 in Big 12 play. Really rolling, looking like a team that could be potentially a contender. And then Houston, they steal the win. Out from underneath West Virginia with a Hail Mary as time expires to win 41 to to 39. So uh, incredible Big 12 offensive shootout, especially in the fourth quarter, with an incredible ending to kind of kick off the college football week that was, man. Yeah, I – I was calling high school football, so I'm actually – I'm pulling up uh, the Hail Mary as we speak. Uh, I – Sounds like it was just incredible, wild. What a finish. Uh, brutal, brutal bad beat for Coach Brown and uh, West Virginia. But that's why they say play until there's zeros. So, yeah, great uh, great start to the weekend. I'm uh, in- intrigued to watch what happens this weekend from Boone Pickens Stadium. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State against Signs of Life last week. Kansas, uh, again, not going to have uh, their starting quarterback in Jalen Daniels. It doesn't sound like anyways. And uh, so we'll see if Bean can go pick up a, another road win. Neal and company for Kansas. BYU, TCU is kind of an intriguing game. K-State, if they lose at Texas Tech, do we just say that this season's not going to be what we thought it was going to be for K-State if they can't go win that game? And then, uh, you know, around the country, obviously you got uh, the big one, right, out west. So, yeah, so great. But we do have 
Sorry about that. We got the you got the big one out west. Uh, I got to mute my computer, ladies and gents. Big one out west in Oregon and Washington. That uh, should be a ton of fun. A&M Tennessee is a pretty good game. So yeah, it's a tasty little uh, slate of college football. USC Notre Dame. We'll get to see Lincoln Riley lose his first game this season. That'll be a treat. <laughs> Yeah, and then you know some some under the radar stuff with you know Miami and North Carolina. You know, can Miami bounce back, or is North Carolina you know headed for a, a big time ACC showdown down the road with Florida State? You know, Drake May, Jordan Travis, both playing good ball. If they can keep their undefeated seasons alive, those two won't see each other until the ACC championship game. If they both can make it undefeated. Just an intriguing little hypothetical there. And then Oregon State, UCLA, two one-loss teams, uh, both top 18 teams in the country. And then, you know, Missouri, Kentucky. Missouri took a beat last week. Kentucky did as well. Who bounces back? A lot of fun action this weekend in college football. But we can't wait to start getting ready for UCF. So make sure you're back here with us on the Locked On Sooners YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts to get ready for the Knights. The Dylan Gabriel Revenge Tour continues next week in Norman when they host the Knights at 11 a.m. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref. I'm at John Nine Williams. The show is at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all pop- podcast platforms. Got long-winded, forgot to take a breath. But until next time, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams, Boomer Sooner.